Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Discipline is important. I know these days kids want to have freedom and they think they have the right to do anything and they don't want to receive instructions from their parents. They just want to discuss everything. I don't believe in that. That was Priya, the only Indian simultaneous interpreter in Taiwan. She was talking about her strict father, that if it weren't for her father disciplining her when she was younger, she would not be who she is today. Last week, Priya also talked about how she had traveled to many countries because of her father and how she acquired many different languages. She went to the same university as my older daughter and studied the same major as my daughter. Her father strongly believes that girls should have the same education as boys and even started a foundation in India. The only reason she would use her Hindi or Urdu, which is similar to Hindi in Taiwan, is when those people were victims of human trafficking and were illegally working with tourist visas without their knowing. They would have to appear in court cases, so Priya would be the interpreter for them. Actually, Priya works mostly in focus groups. Today, she begins by explaining how that is different from interpreting for conferences. In focus group interpreting, it's only one interpreter who does the whole two-hour focus group and sits sometimes in the, in the same area as the foreigners, sometimes in a different room, connected through earphones and a microphone. Mm-hmm. So the setup is different. The level of difficulty and intensity is different, too. You have to be able to to translate like specifically what the consumer is saying. They want to hear exactly, exactly. what the consumer is saying. Yeah. Yes. Even is, when I mean, they go like, ah, yeah. ayo, uh-huh. you need to do that too. Right. Yeah, because they're they're completely relying on the interpreter to translate everything. Wow. But in conference interpreting, we, d- we wouldn't do that. Actually, when you do simultaneous interpretation, you have to be very focused. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very. It can really drain you know, all the energy out of you. you know, we're talking about two hours straight. That's that, what that I've can, heard, yes. but I really enjoy it yes, so much. Yes, that's it. I'm sure you really enjoy it. And why is that? Why do I you don't know. I don't feel huh? tired at all. Sometimes really? we have three focus groups in a day. Yeah. So that's six to seven hours of working time mm-hmm. with like maybe an hour's break in between. The topics are interesting. You get to hear about new products that no one else knows about yet. Of course, it depends also on the, the moderator, how they keep the whole meeting going. I guess if it's one person giving a speech and you had to translate that for six hours, it might get boring. Ah. But because here we have one moderator and six consumers, the different people talking, and it's more conversational, so it doesn't get boring. I mean, I really enjoy it. And it doesn't get so technical either. You're not talking about machines and computer technology and stuff like that. It's daily language that we talk about ourselves. If I see that product in the stores or I see that ad on TV, I feel so happy. Right. I tell my daughter, you know, I translated for that. And you think that you're so familiar with that thing already, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did you know that you wanted to do simultaneous interpretation in the first place? I mean, how did you even get into it in the first place? Yeah, I didn't know that I wanted to do it until I started doing it. And I started doing it because my colleague, who I worked with at the Indian Trade Office, used to do it. And she was migrating to the U.S. And she said, Priya, you'd be good at this. You should try it. Give it a shot. And I did. I really liked it. And the the clients, they they liked listening to my voice. 
I think it helped. You have a nice voice. It helped that I, I was a native English speaker. English is my first language. All the other interpreters we have in Taiwan have English as their B language. Uh-huh. They're Chinese A, English B. The clients liked it. The agencies liked it. And I just started from there. I'm glad that it's worked out really well for you. In the early days, if I wanted to teach English, and I would go to the interviews, and they would say they want an American accent. So I, this was not my accent before. I did not speak like this. Oh. This is something I picked up in my first, I would say, six months, first six months to one year in Taiwan. Uh-huh. I changed my accent. It was more um, Indian, British I know what you mean. accent before. Yeah. But I listened to CNN and I listened to ICRT. Wow. And I changed my accent. That does it, huh? I was young. Yeah. I was able to change quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And with that, I was able to teach English. But still, when, if they would see my name first, they would say, no, we need an American. But then after they spoke to me, it w- they would usually give me the job. Well, I wish that they had the opportunity to interview me before they decided that, no, we don't want to use you exactly. because I you're not, not American. Right. Yeah, I think right. It's just not fair. Yeah. Based on the name. But I've done voice recordings, too. I did it for the um, China Post as mm-hmm. a student post. Yeah, I recorded. The, I did the audio recordings for student post for like, like four years. Yeah, uh-huh. They have their own in-house studio. Yeah. Plus, I did voiceovers for uh, corporate videos and stuff. That was okay. interesting. So how did you master your Chinese? I mean, I'm, I'm sure your Chinese is better than me. Because I'm not really good with Chen Yu, you know, those idioms, Chinese idioms and all that. Me neither. Oh, oh. oh okay. <laughs> That's my weak spot. But so I need uh, to quickly look them up if I'm in the middle of a translation. Oh. Yeah, thanks to Google. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Gosh, you got to be really but, good at um, um, doing that. Okay. So I started learning Chinese when I came to Taiwan. We had a tutor come in for about four months to teach us for the phonetic symbols and like the first two books of the elementary school in Taiwan. And then I just went into university. My first year in college was really tough. Um, Chinese, Mandarin was a required subject in school. Luckily, they had a separate class for overseas students and foreigners. But even that was really tough for me because all the others were overseas Chinese from Malaysia, and they knew new Chinese. So I kind of like had a separate class going for me. The teachers were very nice. Yeah. I mean, everyone was so helpful. My classmates were awesome. But when you have 39 Chinese-speaking people around you and a teacher instructing in Mandarin sure. yeah. eight hours a day, yeah. you really have no choice but to learn the language unless you put earplugs in. So that's how I learned my Chinese. And by the second year, I was able to follow the class. Everything was going smoothly. Chinese is not an easy language to learn. I no. still learn new things mm-hmm. every day. There's new slang coming out all the time. Do you write? In Chinese? I write. I read and write Chinese as well. Yeah, the, uh, um, the traditional way. I just one. type. It's so much easier to type because you can use pinging to input and. Same here. I use pretty pinging. much. You pick the right character. Yeah, sometimes the computer even does that for you. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. What happens when you get sick and you don't have a voice and then you're assigned all these different focus groups or whatever? I try not to get sick. So what I, do you do? When I know, I know the symptoms. I know when a cold is coming up and usually after a cold, I, I do lose my voice maybe yeah. because I use it so much. Mm, oh, yeah, that too. So when I feel the symptoms coming on, I just like binge on warm water and lemon and vitamin C. We have some Indian spices mm. that are supposed to be good for the throat, like turmeric powder and fresh turmeric. 
Really? We have that in warm milk. I didn't and, know that. Okay. Yeah, and like gargle with oh, salt milk. water. I just do everything. I don't know which one works. I go with the pea gao and the the, yes. the Western cough drops, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and just try to delay it at least till after my project is over. So I, are you a freelancer? I'm a freelancer, although I do have my own company registered that helps with visa and work permit issues, being a foreigner in Taiwan. So I have my own translating right. agency. Okay, so which I take a project. So if you really absolutely like totally lost your voice, mm -hmm. you would have a sub. I can assign a sub. Yes, uh -huh. I do have colleagues that I work with. All right, that yeah. you trust and just as good as you, right? I mean, um, you wish that. I yeah, I train them. Oh, you train them. I train so them, obviously, yeah, because there are not many interpreters who can do focus groups. They're how do you few. train? Can you briefly say how you go about training? I need to explain to them the difference between, because most of them are trained in conference interpreting. Yeah. And their brain works that way. I, I have them listen to my recording, recordings of my interpretation. I help them go through the discussion guide beforehand. Okay. I point out any terms that they might come across mm. that are specific to this product or this field. And I would also do like a practice with them, if possible. Okay. Sometimes if I'm going to be doing one or two of the interviews and they're doing the rest, then I have them come and listen, sit in and listen with me, and basically point out the importance of translating everything, not missing anything out, because that's something that really the clients don't like. They yeah. don't like these blank, empty moments, <laughs> silent moments, when they can see the consumer saying something, but there's nothing coming in their headphones. I'm not that needs to be avoided at all costs. Wow, how do you do that, really? And translating everything is one thing, but translating accurately is another. Yeah, you need to do both. True. Yeah. I want to end with a couple of questions that's sort of like, um, what's the first thing you think of when I say this and that? You know, that kind of question. All right? But okay. it has to be related to Taiwan. Okay. okay? Associations. Association. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So first thing that pops up in your mind and related to Taiwan. So. Okay. Here we go. Um, what's the first thing you think of when you're not working, you're not interpreting, and you want to go somewhere to relax? Hot springs. Hot springs? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a favorite one that you go to? Um, there's some in Ulai that we used to go to. That's not far from where I live. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, I live downtown, too, so it's yeah. really close. However, we haven't been after the, uh, the flooding oh, during the last typhoon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's pretty, pretty much rebuilt, I think. I've heard. Yeah. yeah but we so. haven't gone back yet. All right. So what is it about hot springs you like so much? They're so therapeutic. Yeah. I mean, they, they really help you really relax. Are you talking about the sulfuric ones or the the other non-smelly ones? <laughs> I don't um, know. Sulfuric. I mean, if you're doing hot springs, you need to go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I like that. that. Go all the way. That and food. Uh yeah. I don't want to say food, but then, I know. yes, food is also very relaxing for me. Yeah. What yeah. kind of food specifically? There is so much variety in Taiwan. What's the first thing you think of? The first one? In winter, it would be hot pot. Aha. Uh -huh. yes, uh, spicy ones? Um, not necessarily, no. Okay. I would rather have the uh, tomato base or the miso base. Yeah. I like the variety. Ah. I, I'm not, I don't go for spicy food myself. Yeah, it's not good for your throat, and it's not good for your voice, right? True, <laughs> true. So yeah, and in summer, I would say um, I like the uh, uh, braised dishes like the way. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, the braised uh, and, assortment of and of tofu and tofu vegetables, and, yeah. everything. Yeah, everything braised. Yes. Yeah, sort of like a soy sauce based yes. um, with yeah. um, Chinese herbs, I think. Yeah. yeah. Chinese medicine. It's like, every, it's like every shop has their own unique formula, yes. recipe that they make it by, and it, it all tastes really good. Oh, great. Yeah. So you like that, huh? Yep. Is that dish sort of close to Indian cuisine in some way, you think? No. No? No. There's in nothing fact, similar Indians in Indian will food? not be able to eat that. <laughs> because of all the different things they'll see. Oh, yeah, that's They won't true. recognize. Yeah. yeah. Indian dishes um, are, are quite different. Yeah. Although they are termed curry, in India we don't actually have this thing called curry because every dish has a different gravy and every cook makes their gravy differently. Mm. We use individual spices in our own proportion to make the dish. Yeah. We don't use anything called curry powder in India. That's so, something the foreigners came out with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to make it easy. Yeah. So, do you make genuine Indian food? I can. I don't cook much at home now because I just have so much going on. Sure. Um I work, I volunteer at my both of my kids' schools. They go to different schools. Mm. I help promoting help in promoting Indian culture. I'm very active. Yeah. I'm the founder of the Indians in Taiwan group on Facebook. Okay. And we hold an Indian cultural festival every year. Plus, I'm doing my PhD as well. <gasps> what? And I work. PhD in what? In interpreting. Really? Yes. My oh. field is going to be interpreting for focus groups. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was really fun talking to you, Priya. Really appreciate yeah what you're doing here in Taiwan. Sure. You're contributing a lot in Taiwan for that I matter. I would like to think so. All right. Well, thank you so much, Priya. And uh, I hope we keep in touch because um, I think you've got a great you know story and a great life. You know, I want to hear more. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Thanks, much Priya. for having me. Okay. No problem. Yeah. That was Priya, the only Indian simultaneous interpreter in Taiwan. For in the spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. RTI is celebrating its 88th birthday. Celebrate with us, and you may be a lucky winner in our anniversary contest. Just send us an image of the number 88 with a symbol from your country. The most creative entry will win 250 U.S. dollars. For details, check out the RTI 88 banner on our website, english.rti.org.tw. Taiwan is a place full of voices, viewpoints, and stories. Hear them all here on Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan, straight from the source. This is Radio Taiwan International. 